What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down in Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Wednesday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett back with us, spending the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, 1 800 707 9760. Again, that is 1 800 707 9760. If you know what you want to talk about, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that we were discussing on yesterday's show, if you didn't have an opportunity to call or you uh, couldn't get through, you can parlay that over to today. And anything that we're discussing on the docket today that you want to weigh in, uh, you feel free to do the same as well. Um, we just ask you to be patient during the long segments and the long breaks. Also, keep in mind, if you need to follow me on Twitter or reach out to me, it's at SportsGrind. And if you want to stream the show live, you can always go to the business Facebook page of SportsGrind Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page. You can stream the show live, leave comments. I'll respond to those in real time. If not, then I'll respond to them later. And if you ever miss any of the shows live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the daily podcast daily, seven days a week. 1-800-707-9760. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll? What up, Bartlett? What's going on, guys? And nothing much, man. It is hump day. It is Wednesday. Got quite a bit to get to today. Um, of course, some things we didn't get to yesterday, like I want to take a look again at the uh, final four that's going to New York for the Heisman. Uh, we didn't get a chance to touch on that yesterday, uh, but want to take a look at that. Also, uh, you know, we had a day off from World Cup action. You know, we'll resume this weekend as we get deeper into the now we're down to the round of eight, the quarterfinals. Um, that's where we're at. So we'll go ahead and uh, take a day off from World Cup and uh, resume that after this weekend. Uh, but we've got other news going on. Of course, NBA continues to roll on light schedule last night. You know, the Lakers were in Cleveland, and we talked about it yesterday. You know, the Lakers have been playing better of late. Uh, Magic Johnson uh, kind of probably got a little bit too excited the other day and tweeted like, hey, Anthony Davis is the MVP right now. And I was like, okay. But then sure enough, he says that 20, less than 24 hours, Anthony Davis leaves the game early due to flu-like symptoms. Okay. Well, this is that time of year. All right. Mask up if you want to. All right. I've got to slacked off myself, you know, uh, in regards to that. And, you know, except when I've gone into the gym. But even then in the last months, I've kind of basically slacked off with that. You know, but it's that time of year. But again, there's Anthony Davis and report says that he's really the whole purpose. Well, not the whole purpose, but a lot to have to do with his change of play in the last couple weeks uh, since he's been playing good, averaging 30, 40, whatever. It's supposedly he has really taken it personal with Charles Barkley calling him uh, street clothes as his nickname. And again, it just amazes me. And I guess it's just the time that we live in when you can't hide from it. I mean, but with social media and TV, it just amazes me how many athletes really care about what people in the media have to say. Now, it's different with Charles because Charles is one of the all-time greats. We know he doesn't have a ring, but at the end of the day, the guy's always going to be one of the top 50 players ever to play the game. So I guess maybe that has something to do with it. But if that's really what took you to get motivated, I mean, come on. You know, really? You know, it's just another list of uh, – 
a bunch of Ralph Tresvents walking around the NBA sensitivity. Uh, but yeah, there's the, so Magic might have jinxed it. Um, also, last night you saw the Mavericks was able to go be victorious in Denver. This is coming off of a back-to-back. Speaking of the Mavericks, they had only won two games in the road prior to last night's game. Um, but, you know, this they got to win on the road. Now, this is back-to-back, and this is also playing approximately, I don't know, what is it, 8,700-some feet above sea level, okay? Um, they get the win. Now, granted, it's a game they should have won by 9 or 10 because, again, sometimes Dallas's offense with Luka, you know, kid, they, I still think they haven't really figured it out because sometimes, you know, Luka in those last two possessions, he can just take bad shots. He can back down, dribble, dribble, dribble. Well, he waits, sometimes waits for the double team to come too late and hit two fadeaways. Next thing you know, they have a chance to win the game at the end, but they didn't. Um, good win for Dallas. You know, the Nuggets, like I said, Mike Malone is in a tough situation. Um, you know, they've been on him pretty hard up there for the last couple of years, which I, you know, from down here, even I don't understand. I mean, you know, they've, you know, you've got the two time MVP. They've been to the playoffs. It's still a young team. I mean, he's turned them around, but I get it. You know, they just question a lot of his rotations and his coaching style. And he's one of those that can get the red ass quick, too. I mean, he's a little bit old school. He can be in player's face. He doesn't bite his lip. Um, but I think the Nuggets problem, man, is just they don't have anybody i mean murray's injury really set him back and set them back but again i know they gave him the contract and they put you know the fact that he could be but porter is just not part of any type of sidekick or a build of a big three or a big two in my opinion he's going to be a role player he's a role player i mean when he gets hot he gets hot i mean he can explode for a 25 30 point game he can go four for six from the three-point line but if he don't have those type of games one of the main things he can affect the game on is on the boards. And his defensive suspect, the bottom line is the Nuggets, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do. I just feel like they're going to end up having to probably blow this team up outside of Joker. I mean, that's just the reality. I mean, I think Murray is a piece that you might want to keep, but they're really going to have to attract some guys in free agent or something, or Joker's going to have to start recruiting because I just feel he can only take them. He's taking them as far as he can by himself, especially in the Western Conference. That's just my opinion. Um, also, we'll take a look at uh, tonight's schedule. Got more full games. It seems like every time I look up, the Spurs are never playing. I mean, it, it, I, I look at the schedule. I mean, it was a light schedule last night, and then tonight you've got about 10 games probably ballpark. And I'm thinking, well, who they got? To, they're off again. You know, I mean, if they're going to be down by 30 at halftime when they play, I mean, who's complaining? You know, I mean, who's really complaining? But they are off again. When they play tomorrow, who do they got next? Yeah, tomorrow night they'll host the uh, Houston Rockets. And then they're back on the road again for a brief moment to play the Heat. And then they've got a one, two, three game homestand. Yeah. Um, they're going into the holiday week. Yeah, I think really the story with this team right now is really the health of Coach Popovich. What's going on with that? I mean, that's really the only thing really to report so much about this team at particular at this time. I mean, we know what the mission is this year, but the reality of it is is that the mystery is what's really going on with Pop's health and when is he actually going to get back. Now, I think we're never going to know the details. I mean, I know this reminds me of the last time a couple years ago when he went away for a while. We didn't know, and then we end up having a procedure. I think he had a procedure on his face or something like that. But to me, that's really the story of the Spurs at this point. It's just the health of Greg uh, Popovich. What do you got? Well, it's that, and as we get closer to the new year and the trade deadline starts to approach, 
there's going to be some names on the market because the Spurs are down so low. Uh, Josh Richardson, Jakob Pertl, names that will continue as they're getting healthy again. I mean, that's the other, that, 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 I guess that's the benefit to being off as much as they are right now, is they've been very banged up after a difficult uh, you know, schedule there in November, including the week in which they played five games on the road on the West Coast. Um, I mean, the question is, are they really banged up? Is this part of the plan, too? Like, we're going to just sit here. I mean, keep in mind, when Primo went through his situation and all of a sudden mysteriously he missed that game in Minnesota and the injury report they said he has a sore ass that's what they put I'm not even joking that's what they put it was a glute but yes well they put sore butt I mean regardless and to me that was like now knowing what the situation was that's just being a little bit too coy for me too okay I mean, they knew what was going on. They got a sore butt. So to me, is those uh, just to proceed, you know, with me actually, you know, being invested in mostly and a little bit, not as much as I used to, but really because, you know, I remain professionally. But being being invested in a certain team in the National Football League, when you bring up banged up and injuries, I get a little defensive about that. And that's why I just say, hey, you know, it's, I don't know if they've been banged up. It just may be sitting guys and they're like, we're just going to make sure we get the biggest uh, percentage. Okay, of the chances of the lotto. Okay. Um, also, so there you go. So that's NBA. Um, also, big news today Major League Baseball, Aaron Judge got paid. He got paid, I think, what was it, nine years, $390 million. The, the salary itself and the way the contract is structured, it's the biggest in baseball history. Um, you know, this this is what the first thing that the way I look at this. Number one, he is not even Derek Jeter has been able to leverage himself in the position as what he did with Brian Cashman. That's number one. The, the Yankees pretty much gave in through negotiations and all Judge had to really do. Now, keep in mind, they offered him like 220 or 15 last spring. And supposedly that kind of offended him pissed him off and he broke off talks said, hey man I'm gonna bet on myself and he went off and broke the American League home run record so to me I just feel that you know all he had to do was really show up I think he showed up at a Warriors game or or something in San Francisco because I told remember I told y'all to watch out for the Giants I said that during the season last year and then also he showed up Monday night football in Tampa. Now, keep in mind, that's where the spring training home is of the New York Yankees. So I didn't really read in too much of that, but that lets you know that it was getting down to nitty gritty. He was probably in there for some meetings with Cashman, met neutral. So I'll meet you in Florida. All right, meet me in Florida. Decided to take on and see the GOAT. You know, it was right there in the tunnel, shaking Tom Brady's hand. I think it was pregame. But not even Derek Jeter has been able to leverage the Yankees in the position that judge did and they crumbled because they knew and the reports has it that the Giants offer was more than the Yankees now we always knew that judge said he wanted to be in the pinstripe there is a different effect there's I always preach it there's levels to everything and there's a different level of being with the Giants even though that they have more recent championships than the Yankees than being with the Yankees and pinstripe now with that said to you Yankee fans out there, it's, it sounds good, Mr. Munoz, but the truth of the matter is Yankees has got to wait. They, they, they're, not, they're not built to win a World Series. 
I told you that last year. And, and honestly, you know, I, I know Casey Rob messaged me this the other day, was talking about he's surprised Cashman survived. I, I, I wasn't surprised Cashman survived. I'm surprised Boone survived. You know, that's what I'm surprised of. But not Cashman. But what I will say is, you know, Cashman is really up against it because, you know, remember, Yankees went through a time where they were just buying free agents. They were just buying teams. They didn't even have a farm system. And then they realized, like, look, we've got to go a different direction. we got to start developing talent. And they did that. But regardless, it hasn't resulted into another World Series championship in, like, in damn near 13 years or however long it's been. And I believe when you look at the Astros, okay, when you look at other teams, if you look at what the Rangers are doing and what the money they've shelled out at the position with DeGrom, the Yankees are not built to beat any of the top teams in the American League with good pitching. They're just not yet. Now, we're just now – winter meetings are just now starting to get really going, not even really going yet, but – there's still time to where they can maybe do more. They're going to have to do more than judge if they're really going to be competing to take down the Houston Astros uh, next year. Uh, but it's, I guess if you're a Yankee fan, I mean, that's the type of guy that you don't want going into another uniform. He's going to go down as one of the Yankee greats. But when we talk about where this puts him with automatically J Derek Jeter, hey, pump the brakes. He's got a good, it's a, not an individual sport. I mean, he don't pitch. He can only hit home runs and score runs and play some defense out in the outfield. But at the end of the day, he's going to be judged by chips. And before we get up to the Jeters, that's just what it is in New York. And he's going to have to deliver. But Cashman is up against it because I think that they have to revamp just like they did with the farm system. They're going to have to revamp what they do in regards to how this team's structured. They're a home runner bust, man. They home runner bust. And they need better pitching. So that's the big news today in baseball. What else? Well, the other big story around that, and talk about the Yankees being home run or bust, mm. is this report about Major League, Base oh, yeah. Major, Major League Baseballs getting some scrutiny for using three different types of baseballs this year. The dead ball that they, you know, that uh, that doesn't go as far um, that they've, you know, agreed to go back to using. There's a livelier ball or a juiced ball that they've been experimenting with over the last couple of years, and then the what they refer to as the, the study refers to as the Goldilocks ball, which is the, the the middle you know between the two, the compromise. And the report says that the team that that saw more of the livelier juiced balls and Goldilocks balls was the New York Yankees. And of course, Judge goes on to break Roger Maris's record of 61 home runs in the American League. Yeah, I mean, I haven't. I know you sent me something on this. I haven't dived in it as, as you know, quite yet. I mean, there's always been speculation. You've had players say there's something going on with the baseball. Something's different. We know for a fact. Um, I don't know how much really of a scandal it is. I mean, I you know, I know you text me the double standard of it is. It is. I mean, because at the end of the day, you know, the people, the uh, Roger Maris Juniors of the world, they want to cry and everything about records, about the steroids and all that. But at the end of the day, nobody really cries to say about, hey, well, why are we changing baseballs and not really being transparent with it? Or why are we playing with two different baseballs when, honestly, that could affect numbers as well, too? It is a double standard, you know? But that's just the way it is. I mean, it, I, maybe I don't care about it because when you live, you know, I don't know, 45 years of living under a double standard, you kind of grow numb to it. So to me, it's like, hey, it is what it is. But I hear you though, because it is, it is. They they don't they complain about the steroid era, the Bonds era, and all that, the Hall of Fame. But then when it comes to stuff like this, that's why I don't know how much of a scandal it really is. But I feel you when you say that. And speaking of Hall of Fame, you know, Fred McGriff. I meant to bring this up today, A.K. the Crime Dog. 
was a young kid growing up looking at watching him play when I had my cup of coffee interest of trying to be a baseball player. He got voted in, and this is by the Veterans Committee, I believe. He got voted in for to be in the Hall of Fame, Fred McGriff. And the, was, the current era players. Yeah, the current era players. But it was almost like an exemption because his time had pretty much, I think, had ran out or expired or was about to expire or did expire in that point where they got to vote you in at that point. Um, it's crazy because I remember when uh, watching some of the World Series games with Salami, I I'd actually we had to talk or discussion about that when I asked, I said, Fred McGriff, oh yeah, you know, Fred McGriff, you know, this, because even though I was a Fred McGriff fan, I just never really, first of all, it didn't even dawn on me that he hadn't really been in or it hadn't been a discussion, but yeah, he was voted in. Still no luck for Clemens, though, and Bonds, you know, no luck for them. And Kurt, you know, that's just the reality of that situation as well. 1-800-707-976. He had a big game last night in the garden that I didn't even bring up. Um, you know, last night, and it was regarding the Austin UT basketball. They suffered their first loss to Illinois last night. It was a good game, though. Good game last night. Uh, but that was a big one. It was kind of that Vicky V, I think, is that tournament or Jimmy V tournament they're playing in up there, they're playing in the garden. But Texas goes down. But hey, you know, for the first time that I can remember, and I'll add to that when we get back, you listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Tai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor. Sponsor of the sports crime. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. 
Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Bartlett spinning the one and twos, 1-800-707-9760 is your number. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. 1-800-707-9760. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Stoli Vodka. Keep in mind, Stoli Vodka is handcrafted in Latvia, and the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions. That is Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, all right. Before we get to Mike's phone call, a couple other things I want to throw out there. First off, we'll go to uh, Facebook Live early. Adam Martinez uh, is checking in. It says, "Hey, Kyle, I don't think the judge contract would age well. He will probably DH the last two or three years of the contract. Also, if it's true about those baseballs and exist velocity, this must they must not have been used in the ALCS since Judge didn't hit a home run against my Strohs, from what I recall." Um. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Adam, I mean, what these contracts, I mean, which ones really do age well in baseball? You know, I mean, the 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 poster child of the one is the one that the Angels gave to Albert Pujols. That's the most recent one that's been crazy. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is what the players fight for is for the years. You know, you always pay attention that's more important is the years more than the mount uh for for players. You know, it's all about the years. So sometimes, I mean, look, Yankees were in no position just from a ticket stay, I mean, look, you're all, you know, tickets, I mean, I'm pretty sure there could be waiting lists uh, for season tickets for Yankees. But due to the fact of what's going on and really how, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to sit there and say they're super far away, but the bottom line is they were in no position to be able to lose Judge. And Judge knew that. And really what happened, it ended up costing Cashman and Steinbrenner and the family more. They, they probably... They probably cost themselves probably two years and I would say about $80 million for not giving him a respectable offer in spring training of last year. He gained, by the season he had, in my opinion, just ballparking it, he probably gained an extra 80 to $90 million. So if the contract was for three ninety, they could have probably offered him probably about three fifteen. million to 310 back in the summer and due to the fact that he wanted to be a Yankee so bad he probably would have took it but they the disrespect and that's hard to say the disrespect for the rest of us but the disrespect of 220 or whatever they lowballed him with now they end up paying more so they had no they like that's why I said no one's had this leverage not even Jeter remember Jeter went through a button heads with Cashman toward the end of the year over contract because they thought his shortstop skills were diminishing but how do you deal with royalty Derek was royalty you know, I don't think Judge is not in that category. He's not royalty yet. He's on his path to be one of the Yankee greats, but he ain't there yet, even if this is the richest contract in baseball. 1-800-707-9760. All right, college football. Well, first of all, I was going to um, add a point um, but something before we left about when we were talking about break, when I was talking about college basketball and talking about Texas. Uh, last night taking taking their first loss against Illinois um, in the Garden. But, you know, going in that game, and I'm pretty sure it changed now, but, you know, Texas had the number one and two team in the country in basketball. That's something that doesn't happen. 
that often. I don't know if it's ever happened before, maybe. But, you know, of course, University of Houston still holding strong at number one team in the country, and Texas had worked their way all up to number two. Now, Illinois last night, I think they came in ranked 17th, so I don't know how far Texas would fall. But Texas is a good – I mean, they've got – Chris Beard, they've got a good basketball team this year. It's going to be interesting how they progress and get better over the course. I mean, they haven't even really started Big 12 play yet. That's going to tip off here pretty soon. But they've definitely – that was a good game last night. I meant to touch on it yesterday um, that they were going to be in action in the garden last night. Uh, but, yeah, so props, you know, you think state of Texas is a football school. That's what we put our pride on. But, hey, look, you know, a lot of these AAU, you know, camps across Texas that's exploded in the last 10 to 13 years is really producing some good basketball players that are – that first of all, that are coming abroad and also staying in the state of Texas. Texas got some hoopers. Uh, that's what it tells to me for to have the number one and number two team in the country. Were you going to add something, Jonas? What do you got? Well, I, they've had hoopers before. They've even over yeah. the last ten years under Shaka's run and stuff. They put guys into the NBA, but I think that now it, it's a it's a complete coaching effort with Beard coming in, and that that's potentially the way you could look at that handling the star power in a way that uh, that Shaka didn't. No, I'm not going to let you do that. Shaka, I mean, Shaka's coached in the Final Four, man. Shaka's done. I mean, Shaka not went to Texas. Pick, but it, it don't matter, Jonas. You get to a Final Four. So it's not more impressive to get to a Final Four with VCU than it is Texas? I'm not saying it's not impressive. Then I'm, what are I'm, you saying? I'm, I'm saying because then you look at what he's doing at Marquette now, too, and he's, he's succeeding again. I just think that Beard... From from just the the eye test, you know, when you look at and not even the eye test of the of the games, when you, the passerby college basketball, you look at the fact that he's having more success at at, at the bigger university, bigger talent, and, and and even if it's not top rank or the the guys that are that are lighting up Sports Center every night, well, let's put it, it in it perspective. It is the fact that the team is playing well. well. Let's put it in perspective. For one, yes, it's way more times a hundred and more impressive to go to the Final Four with VCU. Then it's Texas. Yes. Number two, let's keep in mind, Shaka's early years with Texas wasn't pretty much capable and didn't have the luxury of the transfer portal. Okay? Let's not get it twisted, man. When Chris Beard, on his way of building what he was building at Texas Tech – through the fact of the transition, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure he had a kid or two transfer or recruits, I would say. Maybe not currently on that Texas Tech, but some of his recruits that were coming to Texas, he might have had some of those. So to me, I said this weeks ago, I don't. it's a mystery to me why it actually didn't work in Texas with Shaka because that was their number one you know, choice. But it's obviously what he did with VCU and what he's doing with Marquette. And I told you also when it comes down to Chris Beard's got a lot of Texas high school lines evidently down here. It's similar to a trailer. You know, Shaka's from the reason why he's succeeding in well, succeeding VCU, and the reason why he succeeded in Marquette early in the first couple of years because he's got more ties up there in the North Part. I knew that. I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit there and tell you I'm a Jay Billis on the NCAA now, but I mean, I pay attention to it for personal reasons. Trust me. Okay, I'm not just running out to fill a bracket once we get to March so I can see if I can beat Susie. But punt the brakes. Yes, I, look, I love Chris Beard. I, I think it's you know for what it that came that goes back to what I said before. I think when we talked about this, in a situation with Chris Beard, that was big bank take little bank man. Texas was not going to allow Chris Beard to build a Texas Tech powerhouse under their nose when they've had some good players come through Texas 
but they have yet to cut down the nets. And a lot of that has to do because they hung out and they were so damn patient with Chris uh, Rick Barnes' ass, who could never win a big game. He still ain't won no damn big game in Tennessee. Okay? And Rick Barnes is shady and uh, more crooked and phony than a, two, a $3 bill. They don't even make those. So before you soil Shaka's name and what, you, what, he's, what his accomplishments, accomplishments were, were at Texas, keep in mind, well, first of all, what he was inheriting as well, too, in the last few years of Rick Barnes' year. He wasn't, a, he wasn't inheriting a lot of groceries. It was, he was inheriting a little bit of a mess, you know. Kind of similar when, you know, I, I always like I told bad GMs, bad situations when you got, well, hey, the mess that this GM did, I always compared to when Obama had to come in after Bush that first term. There was a lot of crap he had his first four years had to clean up. Okay. Saving the auto industry, housing stuff. Yeah. Not disrespect shock on this. I mean, you're getting real comfortable. I mean, you can come in here talking about what you know. Actually, it's just in, and you know, you that generation that you come from, and maybe, and I don't want to blanket all of the people that are your age, but the one thing I've got with you, and I told you this too, and I'm gonna let our family know and the audience know. The thing of it is, is that I'm gonna go Takashi six nine on Jonas. The deal is this: you have a tendency to have a short, like a short judgment on somebody. Like if they get there for. A year, six games, up, oh, no good. You're not good. Like LeBron said, man, it's, we, we, sometimes you can't have always oatmeal. It's that oatmeal. It don't work like that. I understand that. And, and over the year and a half of sitting across from you here, and even before, um, on the other side of the glass, I've always, you've always pushed back, but we're, but we're in a microwave society. Society says that we have to do this. I'm, I'm a long-term builder guy. Right. I, I, come, I come from supporting franchises that like to turn over coaches and quarterbacks and wide receivers and you GMs do. and everything. That part I so, give you, so do. I'm, and and, and to, the, to the local pressure, even with the, with the Spurs, I, I, like to, I like to say, hey, give it three years. Let it simmer. Let it cook. Yeah, that don't, that don't, okay? yeah. But when you But when you're looking at other pro- and programs and teams that have even more, higher aspirations than those that I'm speaking of, and I understand, and again, not saying that the Spurs don't have championship aspirations, but they've been down, yeah. it's been eight years since the last title, okay? But when you have the pressure to perform at some of these bigger programs, when you when you have the pressure to perform, going to to the, the point you and I were talking about the other day, when a, a contract of two hundred fifty million dollars, it does it does mean that the product has to has to be better. Yeah, because I just because of feel, the expectation. Well, well, first of all, they wasn't paying Shaka that much money. Okay, they wasn't. That he 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 ain't no he didn't get no Brian Kelly a hundred million dollars to leave VCU to go to Texas. So let's get that straight. So I think when you talk expectation, this is real simple, man. It, it, this was his early years was prior to transfer portal and his pipelines that he had up north wasn't strong to get kids to want to come down here to Texas. Okay. There's a generation of kids still up north, and there's hell. There's people up my age up north that still thinks that we, we transport down here in Texas by horse and cattle. So let alone getting a kid that's 18, 17, 19 from the suburbs up there that want to come live in Texas, sometimes they don't go. Chris Beard, he's got heavy connections to high school basketball pipelines. The AAU basketball is big in Texas. It's big. 
you know, it's exploded over the last 13 years. They've got advantage to that stuff. So I just feel that that's the reason. But I'm not going to tell you I'm 100%. That's why I wasn't successful with Shaka. I told you at the beginning of the year, I didn't know. I still can't put my finger on it, you know, why it hadn't been successful. But anyway, they took the first loss. Chris Beard's doing a good job. They will be a team that will be probably contending to make a deep run this year in the NCAA tournament when we get to March of 2023. 1-800-707-9760. All right. Uh, before we go on, let's go to the uh, phones. How much time we got? Time? Let's, what do we got? Uh, we got? Yeah, we got time. Okay, let's go to Mike. Mike, you on the sports grind here on Ticket 760 at 1300 Zone. What's going on? Yeah, man, uh, I didn't get to get in on Monday. I, I want to talk about the um, Deion Sanders situation, man. Uh, Deion Sanders, you know, at first I was kind of disappointed that he didn't get the Auburn job. You know, because I thought that he was definitely a better coach than you, Freeze. But, uh, you know, now that I look at it, man, he got the better of the deal. Uh, Auburn, you know, they got to go against. He got to play Alabama every year in the Iron Bowl. You know, he still got to play Georgia. He might have to play South Carolina. He may have to play uh, Old Miss- I mean, Mississippi. Uh, you look at what Deion Sanders has ahead of him, man, his schedule. Deion Sanders has a much easier path to get Colorado back on track and if he's bringing in all these players from jackson state you know i understand that they got people calling in from all over the country wanting to go to colorado because of Dion. Dion can turn this thing around in, in maybe a year or two and have colorado winning games because Colorado it's not like they haven't won before you know they won back in the 90s and they let their program slip for two decades uh Deion sanders can get this thing back on track and don't be surprised if Dion shows up in a uh, Final Four in the next two to three years. And I'd like to hear what you had to say about that. All right, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. Um, look, you know, I said it last week and last couple of weeks. I, due to the fact that I know as hard of task that was ahead of him at Jackson State, due to the fact that I knew exactly how much better he improved Jackson State from a financial situation, from exposure, from partnership deals, I knew that in the landscape of college and how strong Dion's brand was, he was going to be in a hot commodity. It's, I mean, I've been talking about this for the last year or two in regards to when that call comes. Is he going to leave? Is he going to leave the all-black conference behind? All that. So to me, I just felt that with knowing all that that I just said, that I knew that there would be better jobs I felt for him that would make the path a little bit easier for him in the course of speaking of the Power Fives than Colorado and he could wait it out. But then, you know, after really thinking about the politics side of things and thinking after I said this Monday, after looking at an interview I saw with Dusty Baker and talking about the opportunities and as an African-American coach in any level, you can't really turn down jobs and start saying, okay, well, I can see it. Also, I think it came down to they gave Dion the same type of control. I mean, Colorado was, and I'm not saying this is why Dion, they gave Dion the job, but at the part of it, to keep it real, Colorado was in a desperate situation. I mean, there's movers and shakers and realignments. I mean, they just announced they're going to a 12-team playoff a few days ago officially. So Colorado has to figure out, like, look, it just comes down to it. You've got to win. If you're going to play big boy football, you've got to win and qualify for major bowl games or playoffs to make money off the football program. But it costs you a lot of money to have a football program. So the reality of it is, is that I'm pretty sure the reason why Dion took on this Colorado job and didn't wait it out, because because of one kind of what Dusty Baker was speaking of. And number two, because they gave him probably fully control of how he wanted to run the program. Usually you got to wait to get to a Nick Saban. You know what I'm saying? A Debo Sweeney. 
it's kind of like in the situation, the reason why we didn't lose the guy down here, speaking of Jeff Trailer, when Tech was sitting there smooth, uh, you know, sniffing around I-10, is because I'm pretty sure they gave Jeff Trailer. he's on the path and he has an opportunity to run UTSA just like Nick runs Alabama. And I think that's what they gave Deion Sanders because the desperations of what he's proven at Jackson State. Trust me, for people, even in our community, saying, oh, he's never going to go ahead and be successful now. He was only successful because Mississippi, because God was with him in Mississippi. Yes, somebody on my timeline that has the same pigmentation actually said that. And I've slept and tossed an alternative. I really wanted to give this person's name. I'm saying I ain't going to do that. But at the end of the day, Dion, it, it's a situation where, yes, if you can sit there and steal one of the top two recruits from Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Texas, and you can convince them to come play with you at Jackson State that really has almost prior to the same facilities. That you could find class 5A high school football programs. I bet you if you go to Austin Westlake, if you go to any of these big schools in Dallas and high school football, you will find better facilities than Jackson State had even before Dion got there. So if you can recruit the top two player in the country and beat out those things, yes, you can go up to Colorado in the mountains in the coolest country, and you can go ahead and recruit in Colorado. The transfer portal has changed the game, and I believe they're going to have to, you can't, the genie's out of the bottle, toothpaste out of the tube, whatever you want to say, but they're going to have to ring this thing in a little bit. I don't know how they're going to do it because it's, it's going to change the game with coaches and play. hell. I just heard, I don't know if it's true, but I just heard my man Daniels that left Herm Edwards in Arizona state that had a hell of a season with LSU got him to SEC, SEC championship game. I'm hearing he's transferring again. Now I can't confirm that yet, but I thought that I had heard that. I think you're talking about JT Daniels, the former Georgia quarterback who went to USC. Oh, I thought they were West talking Virginia. about the LSU. If you're talking about Jaden Daniels. I don't. I don't know. About oh, okay. Them. Yeah, check because maybe I, I saw Daniels. And I, I thought they were talking know, about the I kid. Know JT Daniels. That, okay, is then going that's probably fourth. School. Then, then that's probably what I saw. Then I probably I was mistaken. I thought so. I was like, he's transferring again. Why would he? I mean, Kelly, you know, LSU. But yeah, that's probably what I saw. Um. But no, I mean, and to answer your question before we move on from that, Mike, I just feel, no, yes, without a doubt, even though I think this is a challenging job for him, I mean, he's prime time, but you're still talking about kids going to Colorado. But when you talk about scheduling and pack, oh, hell, he could have went to Auburn and did it. You know, I understand what you're saying, though. Well, it's competitive. He got to play Alabama. He's got, but in college, when it extends to 12, yes, I think in Dion's third year, because of transfer portal, kids are going to play for him, the energy that he brings and the way it's just a different vibe of him. Yes, I think they will be probably competing and they will be in the playoffs probably in his third year. And depending on how many kids or how much he kick ass in recruiting, don't be surprised by the time, you know, 2023 comes around. Or 20, I would say 2024. Don't be surprised by 2024 or 25 that he has the top recruiting class in the country. One of the top two is at Colorado. 1-800-707-9760. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back.